Welcome to 10 Minute TechCom. This is Ryan Weber at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. Today I'm pleased to welcome Vinish Garg. Vinish is a technical communicator, an information architect, and a storyteller from Chandigarh, India. He also is a partner at a digital agency, White. He is the co-founder of the site at Content Hug, which is a daily curated site of content-related articles. He also tweets at Vingar, V-I-N-G-A-R. Let's go ahead and welcome him to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Vinish. I really appreciate you talking with us today. So you mention a lot in your writing the importance of stories for technical communicators. That's one of the things that you emphasize. How do stories and technical communication relate? How should technical communicators incorporate stories into what they write? Well, we do not see stories as part of technical documents, right? Mm -hmm. Because primarily Technical communication is about procedures and instructions or how-to, whether it's videos or online or PDF or whatever deliverables. Now, of late, we have seen technical communication evolving, such as for community content. If we see Skype support center, let's say, it is doing great primarily because of the community content where users can post their question and answers. So it's doing very well. And then brands have realized uh, the other channels for providing support, let's say Twitter. So Basecamp or Evento are too good, I would say. I have experienced them Mm -hmm. that whenever we have a question for the support team, we see a tweet within a one minute. So the primarily objective of technical communication documents were to provide support. So the media is evolving. Now, as Scott of Abel has often said that technical communication content is all about marketing mm-hmm. and marketing is about sport, storytelling. Mm-hmm. These days we often hear that storytelling is the flavor mm-hmm. for whatever uh, the business is planning, mm-hmm. irrespective of its size or scale or location or audience. Stories are the mean to communicate. So I would say that technical communication should evolve to incorporate stories where personas are setting up a context to help users go through a procedure, helping them use a product, guiding them to next steps or prerequisites while using a product. I can see the challenges too. I mean, there are challenges for the organizations, particularly in healthcare, let's say, where they have regulatory compliance concerns. So it's not an easy shift for any organization, irrespective of its size or scale or industry. But I can see that storytelling tools have been evolving, they are getting more affordable and they are more flexible to incorporate, let's say, walk through user videos that we see as part of user onboarding for startups. So I see some integration of how technical communicators are more ready to try their hands at storytelling and imbibe them in their documents. So you see the stories as sort of the user's story, is that right? That's part of of the story that gets incorporated into technical communication and the the stories kind of give the documentation a bit more context. Is that what you're talking about here? Yes. See, the objective of documents is to address a user concern, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a story can certainly help that better where uh, there there is a walkthrough or maybe a quick video, Mm -hmm. then there is a context. And we always talk about using the right context in a procedure, Mm -hmm. helping a user address his or her concern on the same page, right? It's about the user experience of the documentation. When we talk about how TOCs have evolved, how findability 
is addressed in documentation so i think storytelling has its place to address these concerns to make the technical documents more relevant and more accurate for the users mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's really interesting and you know i think it would create probably more desirable and engaging content as well for the user you know people love narratives and are attracted to narratives so i yes. see it be making something that appeals more readily to the user you mentioned something else uh, that you're interested in a, a moment ago which is startup and you know you write as well about startups and technical communication and i i get the impression that you have been involved in some startups and write a lot about them what is the connection between startups and technical communication in your mind well when i started my own digital agency white few years back Mm-hmm. some of my early customers were startups so when i would plan our documentation for startups i was beginning to understand their culture which is very different from established businesses mm-hmm. right startups have their constraints let's say for budget mm-hmm. and they have different priorities because they are more flexible right because they are just starting so over a period of time when i got involved at an early stage of documentation for a startup i was beginning to understand their thought process of how startups are actually thinking about products and how they tend to fit content into the product life cycle whether it's at information architecture stage right whether it's for marketing whether it's for help documentation so that's how i got interested into startups they really started exciting me i had a better feel of how technical communication can be planned for startups right mm-hmm. it has to be flexible it's we rarely talk about tools because startups are generally not concerned with any authoring tools they mm-hmm. they just need a deliverable right so that's how content hug happened okay because i could see some pain points of our community the tech com or content community and since i had some feel of how startups really plan and validate their idea i thought of having a go and content hug was there as i wrote a post on tom johnson's blog it it is a detailed post on how authoring tools are important for startups mm-hmm. so that that pretty much sums up my understanding of how startups plan their documentation okay okay interesting and you know i like your point that startup you have different needs and different flexibility you know if you work at microsoft you know you're not going to change the documentation in any way but if you're if you're a startup you know you can make a lot of decisions that have very broad impact yes that's right and startups because they are just starting right so mm. they have the scope of experimenting right what works better so a pilot for a couple of weeks can help them understand what works and what may not so that's the flexibility we have Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and you're right about sort of the need for, you know, deliverables over perhaps implementing sophisticated authoring tools. And especially with that experimentation, you may not want to get locked into something right away until you really know what you want to do and what works. Exactly. Well, that's interesting that I actually do a little research in entrepreneurial writing myself, but I think it's really overlooked in the field, um and I think that we often forget that this particular group has different needs than everyone else does. So I'm glad you're addressing it. That's interesting stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much um for talking with us today about some of the things you're working on. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Well, I am reasonably active on LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay. These days I am busy promoting content hub. I find it very interesting because I get to see fresh new content updates from the community mm-hmm. daily. It's a content curated from around 200 sources, which include personal blogs or established organizations such as Content Marketing Institute, right? 
the event organizers, the universities, let's say, Forbes, the Guardian, so all the media houses I'm, we are trying to cover and publish relevant content from these. Have you noticed any, any trends or anything putting that together? You have a great view of the world of content. What kinds of trends have you noticed curating content, Hug? There are two areas that basically stand out, which are generally talked about in the community are about content structure. Mm-hmm. How content is being planned at the architecture level to make sure that it's available across devices, mm-hmm. across geographies, in different languages. The community is really talking about metadata taxonomy to plan the right kind of architecture to make it sure that it's accessible and it's available across devices, irrespective of anything, you can mm-hmm. see. It's intelligent content model, which is future-proof, we can see, for devices right. and for any other parameter. And the next thing is people are talking about making content audience-specific. Okay. There is a lot of research that goes behind to understand the audience, their behavior, their buying behavior, their interaction behavior with the with the channel or with the web app or with the product. So these are two things that uh, come is talking about a lot. Interesting. Yeah, well, um, I definitely encourage listeners to check it out um, and see what you've gathered there for us. Again, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast today. Have a great day, and I'm excited to see what you continue to work on. Thanks, Sam. It was an honor to be here. Thanks a lot. Thank you.